Razorback quarterback KJ Jefferson has a really good chance to become my all-time favorite Razorback quarterback this upcoming season. I'm going to tell you how he can do that. Razorback football also continuing to host some defensive line transfers and a little bit of Thursday nonsense on a Cinco de Mayo. This is the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful, wonderful Thursday. I got a lot of noises going outside my place. There's people mowing. There's like a moving truck. There's dogs. I don't know what. It's chaos right now, apparently, outside of uh, where I live here in Little Rock. So if you hear any noises, it ain't me. It's it's everything else. So, But either way, uh, happy Cinco de Mayo, or as I like to call it, Cinco de Drinco, because it seems like that's what most people enjoy the holiday for either way. But um, I was I was kind of excited to to do this podcast because I had been thinking about some of the things that you know, I could possibly do or think about doing and talk about and, and all of that. And I think one of the deals that I just really have always wanted to kind of portray, but I uh, didn't really know how to put it into words, at least the way I wanted to, or, or at least didn't know how to do it in the format and the formula of a podcast is talking about my favorite quarterback all time at Arkansas, because I think everybody's probably got their own. Everyone's got I don't know. I don't know if there's just one. I don't know if there's a vast, vast, vast majority overwhelmingly for Razorback fans to say, oh, this person was my favorite quarterback. Because if you think about most schools, you could probably find, especially at most major schools, like who their favorite quarterback was there. Like Mississippi State, Dak Prescott's probably most people's favorite quarterback there. And LSU, Joe Burrow is, I think, probably most people's favorite quarterback there. Um, you know, uh, Alabama, just you know, pick one for crying out loud, stupid. Uh, but you know, just for the most part, you know, A and M's probably Johnny Manziel. Uh, Baylor's probably Robert Griffin the third. You know, just a lot of those schools because of whether they accomplished great things, won a Heisman or national championship or whatever. You, you, those schools will usually go towards that particular quarterback on why he was their favorite. But at Arkansas, you know, you haven't won a national championship at least in the modern era. And the time you did win a national championship, almost everybody that, you know, would watch this podcast or listen to this podcast probably wasn't even, is not even alive anymore. Or like, uh, it's just so long ago, you know, before they had TV and all those things too. And people, it was just a different time. So you don't have that, but you've had a lot of great quarterbacks do great things, have great moments, you have great accomplishments and all those things too, to where you've wondered about or you've always debated and discussed which is your favorite quarterback. And for the longest time, I've gone back and forth on this. And for the longest time, I wanted to, you know, look at all the ones that I grew up with and all the ones that I respected and I appreciated and everything. Um, but it, it's kind of a caveat because Matt Jones is my childhood hero. <laughs> like he, he, he was. There was a, he was an aura about him to where it didn't matter what was going on in the game. It didn't matter what was happening. It didn't matter who they were going up against. He just scared the crap out of everybody in opposing defenses because nobody knew what the crap he was going to do. And the fact that he was so good at improvisation 
and was arguably the fastest player on the field most times. They just didn't know how to plan for him. And so his ability to, to come up big in those moments and have so many, you know, clutch games of, you know, seven overtime games and, you know, the miracle on Markham and on all of that, it's like that's an iconic quarterback that always grew up in my eyes. And he, you know, he was all so I would say he's probably my favorite because he was my childhood hero. I did love Ryan Mallett uh, just because he didn't have an element of improvisation. He didn't have an element of his legs at all. All he did was snap the ball and throw it a billion miles an hour and get it to where it needed to be. And Arkansas, arguably their best season. I don't think it's arguably. I know people will disagree with me, but them going to the Sugar Bowl that year was the best season Arkansas had, had since joining the SEC. Say it's sad, say it's pathetic, whatever, but it's true. That's the best season Arkansas has had since joining the SEC. And he was the quarterback that led them there. And honestly, they should have won. But that's neither here nor there. I bring all that up. Just have you think about who your favorite quarterback is and why I believe that this upcoming season, at least in my opinion, can change my mind on who will be my favorite quarterback ever at Arkansas. And KJ Jefferson absolutely has that ability to become my QB one in my heart as lame and cliche as that sounds <laughs> become that guy uh, because of just what we got a peek of in his, and I, I will call it his first game under Sam Pittman. I'm not counting anything under Chad Morris. Nothing should. And that's erased, deleted from memory. But in his first year under Sam Pittman, I really was like thinking KJ would be good. But I'm like, okay, they're bringing in Felipe Franks for a reason because KJ obviously isn't rent. And then when Felipe Franks was out in that Missouri game on the road, I'm like, well, crap. <laughs> we ain't winning this one. This one's done. This one's over. Uh, because we just don't have, if you don't have your QB one, how are you going to win? And KJ Jefferson completely and totally blew my mind of the gamer that he was. His passing was good. He, you know, he, again, he wasn't the most accurate at times, but for a guy that had to step into that position, he was great. Uh, he led the team down the field for, you know, that final touchdown. And of course threw for the two point conversion, which is a little bit of luck, but still got it. Arkansas, unfortunately lost because, uh, the defense couldn't hold true to them kicking a field goal, but still, they uh, they ended up winning that game, and you know the rest is history. And KJ was basically told that, hey, we, we're not going into the portal. We're not getting anybody else. You're our guy. And then last year, you know, we all know what he did. Just time and time again, proving people wrong. He didn't throw many interceptions at all. Threw a lot of touchdown passes. Had a lot of great plays with his legs. Showed sheer toughness, man. Like he got knocked out of that AM game and Malik Hornsby came in and he was fine. But KJ came back in and even like physically went and got the first down in a much needed situation. So the kids got so much toughness to him. Uh, he had that great, incredible game against Ole Miss where he had six total touchdowns, three passing and three rushing, should have won the game. Um, and he led Arkansas down the field in that final minute to have get the touchdown and Possibly tied up, but in, they went for two. We still think it's the right call. Didn't get it. And then Mississippi State, same thing. Goes down the field, game on the line, leads him down, gets the touchdown. Rest is history. Uh, he just had so many of those plays in those moments last year that it almost, now stay with me, almost reminded me of a Matt Jones. Just basically because in those moments, it, it, there's no there's no excitement. There's no, like, pressure there's no fear there's no 
you know, nervousness. There's none of that. The dude went out there and did it against Missouri in his first year, did it against Ole Miss last year. He did it against Mississippi State last year. And he even continued to do it in games that, like even against Bama. When Arkansas scored that final touchdown, the game was out of reach, but still let him down there, still got it done. He has that clutch gene, that clutch moment to where it doesn't matter about what's going on in the game or how many points they're down or you know how much time's left or who they're going up against, whether it's at home or whether it's on the road, whatever it may be. He's a gamer. And that, to me, just kind of reminds me so much of like Matt Jones and his ability to do those things. And then the his way of making really good decisions and not turning the ball over a lot. Uh, I know I know every quarterback's going to have turnovers, folks. It's just it's just what's going to happen. Every every quarterback's going to have turnovers. But his, his arm strength, or at least his ability to throw the deep ball, is one that's pretty close to Ryan Mount. Now, Ryan Mount to me will throw the best deep ball of anybody in Arkansas history. But KJ's got an element to where he can throw it downfield. He can throw a big pass if needed with just the flick of his wrist. He's got the power and ability to do that. I think he also has uh, a lot of uh, like. I know some people may bring this up, but like Brandon Allen, his last year, Brandon Allen was just a, a guy that uh, had this, had a confidence to him, a swagger to him because he knew he was like, hey, as soon as I get this going and I'm in the right offense that fits what I'm trying to do, we're going to make this work. KJ has a little bit of that as well. And I say all these things because I'm saying this, that KJ Jefferson, to me, is almost a hybrid of some of the most memorable quarterbacks in Razorback history, at least here of recent history, to where he has the best elements of all of them to create arguably what could end up being one of the best quarterbacks to ever play at Arkansas. I'm serious about that. Now, will he accomplish as much as what maybe some of the other quarterbacks have done in history when it comes to team accomplishments, you know, playing in the Sugar Bowl, something like that? I hope. I really do. I think it's asking a lot, but I don't think it's required. Will he be able to, you know, have first team or second team all SEC honors, which not many quarterbacks have been able to do in Razorback history? He could, but this conference is really good. It's got a lot of good quarterbacks in it. Like, I know that there may be ones that you can be able to point to and say, well, these quarterbacks did this, they accomplished this, so therefore they are better. Okay, that's fine if you want to look at it that way. But here's the thing. If KJ can have a better year this upcoming season than what he had the previous year, if he can go out and not only be able to lead the team, but without Traylon Burks, put together a really, really effective passing attack with multiple wide receivers involved, be able to balance that out with the RPO, making great decisions on whether or not to hand it off or whether or not to run it for himself, continue to limit those turnovers and those mistakes and have some more big games, big moments against big opponents and whatever you may be, all of that. If he's able to piece all of those things together, I don't care about awards. I don't care about numbers. I don't care about any of that. He will go down in history as my favorite Razorback quarterback of all time because he's a guy that has shown in the modern era of college football, that he's as good as anybody and that he could do it with anybody. He doesn't have to have a first-round wide receiver to make it happen. He doesn't have to have a first round, a bunch of first-round offensive linemen in front of him to make it happen. He doesn't have to have a bunch of the tight ends you know, that are electric or elite. 
he's got some great running backs, but you know, you don't know the the upside or whatever it is to them. Point is, is that he doesn't have to have what some of these other quarterbacks had in other college football programs in their history to be able to be that level of success. He can just be KJ. He can just be KJ Jefferson. And I think that with KJ and his work ethic and his ability to lead this team, and he has the respect of everybody on the team. I just think that the, uh, the the ceiling is limitless for this kid. And I think next year is going to really be pivotal to show exactly how far Arkansas has come, as well as what people can expect from K.J. Jefferson moving forward when it comes to his ability at Arkansas. If I had to rank my all-time favorite quarterbacks, I would probably have K.J. Jefferson right now at number three. Just being honest. Probably Matt Jones at number one, Ryan Mallett at number two, and KJ at number three. If he has a big year, Arkansas has a big season, and he's able to do all the things that I said that he could do, he will quickly move into my number one spot. And you know what? I really, really, really hope that he actually ends up doing that. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, mid-major baseball, and or major league baseball, not mid-major. Yeah, I'm about to say, what would be mid-major baseball? I guess mid-major college baseball, but no, major league baseball and all these weekends uh, that run all the roses back to the Kentucky Derby, because don't forget about that coming up as well. BetOnline.net is your continued source for all of your sports wagering and information as well as live betting, playoffs, esports, and so much more. So head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up for all the trends and actions at betonline.net, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, continuing on with the conversation of, uh, you know, on this Thursday, on this Cinco de Drinco holiday and everything, um, I mentioned that Arkansas is going to be still doing some uh, hosting of transfers and, and things like that when they're trying to, you know, pit, put some pieces in. Because Sam Pittman, do you remember the uh, when he came on my podcast, talked about how he would love to have uh, guys that, you know, like recruiting is for building, but transfer portal is for just addressing needs and immediate needs. And we know that Arkansas definitely on the defensive line have immediate needs. So Arkansas, and this is according to Richard Davenport of wholehogsports.com says that Arkansas is expected to host another defensive lineman for an official visit. And that's Morris Joseph. He's 6'2", 275 pounds. He's actually visiting right now. He arrived Wednesday, yesterday. Um, he announced a, uh, February 28th, that he was entering into the transfer portal, transferring out of Memphis. So he's went there in Memphis. He's committed to Georgia Tech back on March 24th, but he's still looking around other places. He started nine of 10 games for the Tigers as a senior last year, 38 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, one half sack, and one quarterback hurry. He was named to Phil Steele's all AC. <laughs> Sorry, this is so dumb. Joseph was named all to Phil Steele's all AAC fourth team. Okay. We need a fourth team there, Phil Steele. I love Phil Steele, but, dude, we don't need four teams. Uh, as a junior, though, he made 10 starts in 11 games and recorded 52 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for a loss, seven sacks, and two quarterback hurries. And he played in 14 games in Memphis's 12-2 and two AAC championship season as a sophomore. So this guy's been uh, he's, he's been a really good player, had a better junior year than he did a senior year, but 
You know, some people are saying that as like, oh, well, the stats and he's playing in Memphis. That doesn't add up. Hey, I do not care. You had John Ridgeway playing at Illinois State or whatever that was. Western Illinois. What, I mean, I can't even remember. And he came in and was a huge impact player. So I'm never going to rule out anybody when it comes to what school they played at or whatnot because of the name that's on the jersey that they had. Give me a break. Like, I'm not even worrying about that stuff. What I worry about is can the dude play? Can he come right in and help out with the depth and all those things with the defensive line? To me, that's the most important thing. But some people have also asked, well, because they got already got Terry Hampton, the commitment from Arkansas State in the transfer, um, you know, are they still looking at other ones? Yes, yes, yes. D-line, you need so much depth that. And this is why they uh, that Sam Pittman ended up firing Jamal Ashley. There was nothing there. Like, that, that's been the weakest point. And I just started thinking about if Arkansas was able to just have, which hopefully they do with Deke Adams, but if they were able to just, when Sam Pittman first got here, have a D-line coach that was as good as all the other coaches or was on the level of recruiting and everything as all the other coaches, I would feel like coming into this year that Arkansas could literally win the SEC. Like, I would have that level of confidence. But because of the D-line problems, and we know that in the SEC, if you want to win, you got to have O-line and D-line. You got to have them both, and you got to have a lot of depth. Uh, that's going to be problematic there, too. So uh, kudos to Sam Pittman for trying to get depth done there. But it's so important, so that's why they're going to continue to host some of these transfers and hopefully make it work out. So <clears throat> if they end up getting him, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to say that um, – anybody's just going to like step in and say, okay, well, this guy's going to be great and elite because, you know, boom, there he is just plugging the numbers. I don't even know if this guy will play. Like he may be one of those uh, reserve guys. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, you can definitely tell that Sam Pittman understands the importance of building that depth on D-line. I think he understands that uh, there is a desperate need there as well. And if they can add just another piece or two, they'll, they'll be fine. Like Arkansas at pretty much every single position except for wide receiver, and D-line are good. Like some people would bring up tight end. I think tight end is going to be really good. Just saying. I think I think Trey Knox is really going to flourish in that. And Hudson Henry, maybe. Hopefully he finally steps up. They're fine there. O-line's great. Running back's great. Quarterback's great. Linebackers are great. Safeties are great. Cornerbacks are great. You're great. Kicker's great. Punter's great. You're great. Great all over. D-line, wide receiver. Now, between the two... I would say that the wide receiver position has the better opportunity to be better or at least to not be bad or not be as bad as what we think because they they do have some players there. I mean, the Hazelwood kid out of Oklahoma could be that game-breaking guy. Keetron Jackson, uh, highly regarded coming out of high school. He looks the part. He could be that guy. Uh, Warren Thompson, you know, he's, he's shown times last year that he could make some plays. So, you know, there's opportunities there for that to be big. But on the D-line, man, slim pickings as far as any uh, high-level guys. Unless they just really develop and really get it turned around, maybe that happens. But right now, it's just uh, it's looking kind of bleak. But that's what Sam Pittman's trying to address in the transfer portal. That's what he's trying to do with the defensive line. And so I guess we just got to wait and see if he ends up uh, making that all possible. But we'll finish up with our Locked on Razorback segment coming up next. So stay with us. You are Locked on Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Again, I know I've been doing a lot more nonsense stuff when uh, things kind of come to a, a slow crawl of, uh, of uh, you know, sports and stuff like that and content and all that fun stuff, but either way. 
Um, it's been kind of fun to see uh, some of the tweets yesterday giving me a hard time for the whole Star Wars take, and that's fine. I mean, I just, I just went along with it. I didn't really care one way or the other. Um, but I did find it uh, pretty amusing that today being Cinco de Mayo is one of the things that everyone starts bringing up about, uh, you know, their, how they celebrate and like Mexican food and, you know, the, the drinks that they that they make and all that stuff, too. And I thought it was such an interesting topic because, I again, this is just shows how stupid my mind works and everything. If you're talking about like Cinco de Mayo and you're talking about Mexican food and it's like I'm such a simple person when it comes to that, like just give me tacos. And I'm good. Like people can love their enchiladas or their burritos, which are pretty solid too. But celebrate with tacos, get you a margarita, and you're good. Like it's this whole idea that people have to go all out for Cinco de Drinco on a Thursday, which is Thirsty Thursday. So I know a lot of people are going to be doing that as well. It's like, man, just just keep it simple, keep it easy. And like I'm, I'm trying to think. I was like, I should, like, should I go to a Mexican restaurant tonight? Like, do, do I have to? Do I need to? If I don't, am I celebrating the right way? I have a lot of friends that are going to be celebrating the right way, too, and hopefully they do it responsibly. But um, it's Cinco de Mayo, so go out and celebrate the way that you need to do it. But don't feel like you got to go all out or all crazy with it or anything like that. I guess we'll be next year, maybe. I forget how the days work. I don't know. If it's ever on a Friday, whoo, buddy, or Saturday, that, that's when it'll get, uh, that's when we'll get a lot of fun, too. Maybe. Maybe that'll happen here soon, but either way. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to be celebrating, so celebrate the right way and celebrate um, that holiday instead of the stupid holiday that people kept bringing up to me because I didn't want to do May the 4th be with you. They said, oh, you must be a fan of Revenge of the 5th. <sighs> you people out there, man, I don't know what to take. I don't know what to even think. I don't even know what to think, but either way, we're ending it. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.